0: Hello and welcome to Write Speak Play with host Nancy Arvizu. In this episode, founder and editor of Speak Magazine Edna White shares a transformational moment, how Speak Magazine got started, and where she is taking the magazine into the future. Also, in this episode, is an essay I wrote and will be reading for you another lifetime. Links to Edna and Speak Magazine can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening.
1: In 2006, I had a a car accident um, that changed my life on New Year's Eve. So he said, really? I said, yeah. And I said, "Um, I swerved from a deer to hit to not hit um, the other deer, but the other, the one I hit flew in the air, and I swerved from that, hit an oncoming car, dislodged from that car, hit another car, and then slammed into a pole, to one of the utility poles. So I said, you know, um, it changed my life because um, I was really severely hurt, and I couldn't walk for six months, I was induced into a coma for about two weeks, two collapsed lung, lungs, um, a plate, This plate in my head was like shifted down, had lacerations here. had kind of like cut my chin. My bone was hanging out. <laughs> and um, my hip, but one hip was dislocated. The other one was crushed beyond repair and my femur flew out of my knee. So I said, um, that was the, main, the most um, enlightening time in my life because I was being um, ordinary. You know, I had settled for ordinary and I was walking around doing the things I thought I was supposed to do, keeping my nose to the grindstone and doing what I needed to do. But the universe said, uh, no, sir, sister. You are going to be extraordinary and I'm going to show you how to do it. So when I tell this story, um, I, I tell it all the time because it really was the most enlightening day of my life. That's when I thought I knew God before but I didn't know him. I did, I knew something there or a, in a semblance of that, but I didn't know him. When when I was when I was laying in the bed and I couldn't talk and they couldn't understand what I was saying, I was writing everything. Literally, this, this wrist was broken, which is my writing hand. And this wrist was broken, so I couldn't write, had to write with the right hand. Everything was horrible. I was just frustrated beyond measure, as you would know, you know. Um, and, and a, a small whisper came into my voice, into my ear, and just said, you're extraordinary without being ordinary. And I was like, what? So I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So, of course, as the Christian I am, I request a Bible you know, I'm going to read. I couldn't see number one because I had, the blood was, was in my eyes and it was like, it had covered my, the white in my eyes. So it was like a time that I had to like, my eyes were really, really bad. So I couldn't see, but I was just going through the motions. And, you know, um, the next, I think the third or the fourth day, a lady came in that was, she was German and she had a double mastectomy and she was in the room next to me. And um, she was in so much pain. She was just moaning and moaning and moaning. And so um, I, I sang in the choir um, and I was a choir director. And so she heard me singing because they, they made me sing. I didn't want to sing. They made me sing. So she said, could you sing for me? So I started, I sang a song um, that I always loved that was really close to my heart. And it was called, What God Has for Me is for Me. And I started singing that to her. And, and my my voice was like, you know, I had a tracheotomy, so I was still raw, you know. And I'm, I'm and, and I'm singing to her, and she finally fell asleep. And so, I think the nurse came in. She goes, "This is the first night she's ever slept." So, um, it was became a, a thing that we had, you know, for the next few weeks. And she was in such severe pain. She got sepsis, so they had to move her from the room. Because I was also open, a lot of my cuts were open. So they moved her to another room, to her own room. And so after a while, um I was I could get in the wheelchair and they could push me around and see. I said, Can I see the, you know, the lady that was next to me? And they told me that she passed away. She said, but she kept saying, Can you sing to me to, out loud? And I was like, oh. <laughs> so it made me to know that. All of this exterior stuff don't mean anything unless it comes from the inside out. That's what started my entire journey. It's not the superficial stuff. It's not the title of the role. It's not, you know, any of that stuff, you know, cause we wear that well, you know, someone will ask us, well, who are you? You'll say, oh, my, my name is, you know, that's, that's a title. My name is, but if you really are confident say, I'm Edna, Edna White, that is, you know, Way after um, I I was an English major in school and in college, um, and I loved to write and I loved, loved to to read. I loved to the poetry. I loved everything about it. everything about the English, you know, language. And um, I had written um, about ten books, but never released them when I was in my thirties. And not until I was 45 did I start releasing those stories. And two of which are really big books that have been adopted into certain libraries. And, um, and a lot of my books now have just started trickling into the libraries, which I'm really excited about. Um, but Speak Magazine didn't take effect until three years ago. And um, I was, what I was doing was trying to get my book out there and you know it's so very hard as an as an author as a writer as a poet you know you have to find different venues and i'm all about partnering with other people to make that happen because i believe we mo- we know more than 3000 people we know more than that and we but the problem is we never ask for help we never do we never say we'll we'll give out a business card we'll go to a networking event and give out business cards all day and get, don't get any calls back at all, but we never network with the people that we know. So when this, when Speak Magazine came about was, I was tired of, there was so many amazing authors and poets and singers um, in my community. And I was like, are you kidding me? This person can sing circles around celebrity A or B, but they're never recognized. And I said, you know, I didn't want to get into the celebrity arena because I wasn't, a, I didn't think I was that level of a celebrity. But what I wanted to bring out was the community people and people that I knew to bring their, their, um, their I guess, their product, because it was them, or their, what they wrote, their articles, their poetry, bring it out into the world and show, start showing it to the world. Just brag about them. So well, it was all about them. It wasn't never about me, but it was all about them. And the first time we we did the magazine, we had three different countries, um excluding US um, participants. You know, we had three different countries at China, we had India, we had Canada, well Canada, not Canada, Canada's part of USA. Um, we had, there was a young man, I forget the name of the country he was in, but I think he was in, in a part of India and he was only 15 years old. And then we had someone from Italy, um, a teacher that I met online actually. And it was so amazing that it was read um, in the, on the online version, 1699 times, which was amazing for the first time coming out. And I was doing it that time every month. So um I said, I gotta keep doing this. And as I was doing this, one of the, uh, the right the poets, she got a deal. Um, somehow when she wrote this 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 book, I print, I had it, I got it done in print. And so each one of them gets a copy. So she was able to get her copy. And somehow I think her father or something bought the 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 the, the magazine and shared it with somebody he knew, and they shared it with somebody. This is what she's telling me. And this person that, she, that her father shared it with, shared it with someone else. And she got an exhibit, an art exhibit from it, and, which was amazing. And I was like, that's what I wanted to do is share the people's work like everywhere. So um, it, it, start, it really started blooming after that. The, the 15-year-old um, um, teen, he was, no, he was 13 at the time when he started. And so he was adding to the magazine and he was writing these terrific cartoons about stories about these cartoon characters. And he got a, a book deal where he was. And it was actually somebody I knew that it was called Notion Press. And Notion Press knew me. I didn't, because they were in, they're from India, they're the press that brings English books to India. So he knew me and he had them, he had got a copy of the magazine says, Who is this? this kid he is. He's in my area. So I was like, um, well, his information is in the magazine. You're free to contact him because, you know, he gave, you know, his release when he gave, sent this information. His mother was so excited. She said, I don't even believe this. This is happening for him because it was amazing. You know, she said, I thought it was amazing. He wrote a book or had, a you know, the gumption to write a book. Now he's getting noticed by people. He's in a newspaper. They're sending me all this great stuff. So, the, the, the idea of the book was coming, the magazine was coming to life. The last part of it in the first year is that Amazon contacted me and said, we want you to be part of the the um, the magazine, you know, section. And I was like, first of all, it wasn't that, you know, the the quality wasn't that great. You know, I'm doing it the first time. So it wasn't that great. It was like, the first one was really, the, the quality of the paper was like, it was garbage because I was ordering it from I think in from Canada or something, and it was just really garbage. Um, but they asked to have the magazine in that section, the magazine section. So I was that was like a total like oh my gosh, this is amazing. So from then on, the second year we started doing it um, every month, and um, we, it was is a, a periodical in in the magazine section. So, But this year, what we did was um, we're doing it every three months because I want to work up to getting a hardcover because I got an offer to have a hardcover. So um, a lot of the writers that I'm working with actually are um, using my magazine to create their book. So um, out of what I'm doing, I'm helping writers create their own book.
0: A lifetime ago. Words attached to other words like that felt like or seems like when we talk about the phases of our lives, childhood, adolescence, the tween and teen years before we pass into adulthood, and ultimately a generational title. Mine is Generation X. Through each of these phases, there were friends who came with the landscape as we moved from one place to another before stopping to attempt to put down roots, until I discovered I didn't have to stay in one place anymore. Some friendships were able to endure time and distance. Some can handle one or the other, but not both. Then some aren't worth the time to handle at all. Sometimes it's the shortest relationships that leave the biggest impact. Good, bad, or somewhere in between. But they all serve a purpose one way or the other. How do they begin this contact and connection? How do they know how to continue? What makes one pursue such an unknown? Or is it because it is our souls that know this one is a keeper? Do we gather many or few? Are our friendships deep or wide? What is it like to have a friend closer than a sibling for longer than you've had a sibling friend? What would they know about you and you about them? What kind of stories could you tell and how much do you really trust them? How do you know when you can trust someone new after falling off the new friend horse a couple of times? One bad communication thread in today's world of short texts and someone you've been talking to daily for weeks disappears suddenly and completely? When do you know to pick up the phone and make it right no matter what, to go the distance because you know you would miss this interaction that lifts you to a place you know you want to go, and you know they know the way, or at least how to turn on the lights that will guide you to the place or just the next place on this path you are walking? Then there is the letting go, something else we know inside, but the outside holds on to what no longer exists because change is scary and we forget it was the ending of a beginning that gave us what we need to let go of now so something new can come along and be what we need during this part of our journey, another beginning, another lifetime. Thank you for listening. I'm Nancy Arvizu, and this has been another episode of Write, Speak, Play.